Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. I'm going to invite everyone to take a deep breath with us and to place your hand on your heart. Take another deep breath and let us invoke the Holy Spirit into our awareness. We're partnering up with the Holy Spirit, invoking divine grace into our heart and mind, and we're saying yes, yes to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hearing clearly, knowing clearly, feeling clearly, seeing clearly, being profoundly interested in awakening to the clarity of love, which is our true destiny, our true purpose. We are grateful and we are thankful that we're one with each other, with all of life, and that our healing, our awakening benefits everyone. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So our topic in our class this evening is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, hearing clearly. And, uh, you know, Gary, I find that in my life experience, one of the biggest challenges I've ever had is to... It's, it's this paradox of I pray for guidance, I pray for insight, I pray for clarity, and then I hear that still small voice uh, giving me guidance and direction, and I still feel like I want to reject it, I want to do my own thing, I, I'm more interested in the ego identification and denying that voice of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, it's a, a constant uh, still, every day, working with that. And I'm wondering if you have uh, guidance of how how do you deal with those those pressure moments when we can hear the still small voice and we know it and we want to run? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a rather brilliant question because everybody has the same question. How do I know if I'm really hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit? And... I think it's the quality of the message that matters. It, it's not so much how clearly you hear it. 
it's really the quality of the message. So if the message is speaking of love and forgiveness and those kinds of things, that's the Holy Spirit. And if it's not, then it's not the Holy Spirit. So that's the first clue. You know, that's the first thing that you should watch out for, that it's a message of love. Then on top of that, you have to do a few things. You know, you have to undo the ego. If you don't undo the ego, you're not going to be able to hear the Holy Spirit that clearly because the Holy Spirit is speaking about those things of love and forgiveness. But then you hear it and then you say, oh, no, that's not it. That's not true. You know, that's that's not something that I can believe. And you have to get into a position where you are undoing the ego. Of course, Miracles says salvation is undoing. You undo the ego. The ego is interfering with your ability to hear the message of the Holy Spirit. You can't hear the Holy Spirit when the ego is interfering. That's why the Course says... Uh, only very few can hear God's voice at all. Well, mm. Why is that true? Because the ego is interfering with that message. So what we want to do as Course students is we want to undo the ego, and as we undo it, then we will be able to hear inspiration. Inspiration, well, wh where does the word inspired comes from? It comes from the word in spirit. If you're in spirit, then you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if you're not, what does the word disaster mean? Disaster. <laughs> Aster means astral. If you're not connected with the astral, if you're not connected with something that is bigger than you and above you, that leads to disaster. You know, so it's like, yeah, you, you have to understand that there's a difference. There's a difference between hearing something that is above you, that is connected to spirit, inspired, or there is something that is connected uh, that is is like you. It's like you're doing it on your own. If you're doing it on your own, you're just propagating uh, separation. But if you're connected to something that is, is above you, now you're doing something. And mm. that's that's kind of like the basis of my work. That is kind of like the basis of what I try to, to get people to do. I, I want people to be connected to spirit instead of being not connected. And if I can do that, then I'm doing what I feel God is to do. I know you offer that meditation in that um, audio program you have, which I just absolutely love. I've listened to it many, many times. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's the one called Secrets of the Immortal. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's an interesting uh, story in itself, if you don't mind me taking a minute or two to talk no, about please. that. It, it's like... Uh, I went into that studio. They have a studio called Psalms True uh, near Boulder, Colorado. And I went in there, and uh, I started talking. I was just doing a sound check. And I could see the producer, Randy, he was kind of like looking at me. He said, keep going, keep going. 
I spoke for seven hours. I think seven hours and 15 minutes, I just kept talking. Wow, without a break? There was no break, and it was never edited. And uh, they threw in some music later. Right, but it's so good. It's like that, that was just the Holy Spirit. It was, it's not me. I, I really don't think that uh, I'm responsible for my teachings. In fact, at one point, Arden Bursa said, you're not responsible for the teachings. They said, mm. you can choose the jokes. <laughs> so I get to choose the jokes that are in my worship. But they said the Holy Spirit is responsible. And, you know, it's really kind of uh, an absolution in the sense that you don't have to feel like you're the one who's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've seen you and I've seen other great teachers who it's not them. They're not the ones who are really doing the teachings. Uh, you get to do the teachings, but it's the Holy Spirit who's really doing the teaching. Yeah, you know, and if a person is really willing and they're available and they really have done the work of forgiving everything that's in front of them to the best of their ability, then they're open to hearing that voice pretty clearly. I know for me, when I first started teaching many, many years ago, I would plan everything because I felt insecure. I was trying to control and manage everything. And then the more clear I became in my mind, the more loving I became in my heart, then I didn't have to plan everything anymore. I could really fly on the wings of the Holy Spirit, really just let go and trust that there would be a holy encounter. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's my my experience of you, is that uh, you're pretty much guided by the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's one of the things that I really love about you. Um, you know, Jennifer, I, I really wanted to bring something up, if you don't mind, it's, uh, from the Course. Oh, great. And uh, the reason I bring this up is because I think that some people miss the point of the Course because they don't really get the big picture. They don't get the whole thing. You know, so the first thing I, I would like to bring up it's from the section called, I Need Do Nothing. Mm-hmm. It says, your way will be different, not in purpose, but in means. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together with your brother restores the universe to both of you. Of course, it's talking about forgiveness, which is the whole point, of course. It says, you are prepared. Now, you need but to remember you need to nothing. It would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this than to consider what you should do. When peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation, and by the way, this is where you have to realize that a lot of themes come together in the Course. Mm-hmm. When, when it uses that word temptation, you have to go back to the, uh, the final section of the text. It starts off, you know, 
choose once again. Mm-hmm. It says temptation has one lesson it would teach in all its forms, wherever it occurs. It would persuade the Holy Son of God he is a body, born in what must die, unable to escape his frailty, and bound by what it orders him to feel. So, so now you, you're basically getting the Course's definition of temptation. And here, in this same section that I'm reading from, you get the same idea. But when it says temptation, you have to know what the Course means when it comes to temptation. Because it shows up over and over and over. And, and it's like there are these big themes that show up again and again in the Course that you mm-hmm. have to get a grasp of. If you don't get a grasp of it, then you don't know what the Course means. But if you get a grasp of it, then you you know what the Course means. So, when peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation and fight against giving into sin, when the light comes at last into the mind given to contemplation or when the goal is finally achieved by anyone, it always comes with just one happy realization. I need do nothing. Now, that's a pretty big statement, but most of the people who study the Course don't get it because they they never follow through. You, You have to follow through. What does the next paragraph say? It says to do anything involves the body. So to do anything involves the body. And the whole point of the Course is that you are not a body. What does it say over and over again? I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Then you start to get how all these ideas come together. You know, they all start to fit together. And it, it astonishes me that a lot of people don't see it. They don't see how all these ideas come together and how you're not a body. And, you know, it would be heresy to the ego to say that it doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> That's, you know, people have such a challenge with that. It's also in Lesson 135 talking about giving up your plans, surrendering your plans, and realizing that planning is a defense. Absolutely. And it's like, oh my God, of course it matters what I do. What Are you kidding? Of course it matters what I do and the results. The results matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, And people, they just can't understand it that uh, wrong. You know, of course it matters. So as long as we're focused on being, instead of being the human being, we're focused on the human doing, we're more... We're aligned with the ego, and so we're probably not going to value the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we we must be willing to move our mind into that place of letting go, of thinking that all of our doing 
is important. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. That is so true. And, uh, you know, getting back on uh, what I was talking about here, it's like people never seem to notice the next thing that the Course does. It's like you have these uh, quotations that people quote from mm-hmm. that that are supposed to be important. But it's like uh, one of the most famous quotations from the Course is, teach only love, for that is what you are. Okay? So that's something that everybody knows if they're a Course student. Teach only love, for that is what you are. But they never consider the next quotation. They they never consider the overall picture. So what it really says is teach only love, for that is what you are. If you interpret the the crucifixion in any other way, you are using it as a weapon for assault rather than as the call for peace for which it was intended. Now, that's a pretty heavy statement because it's saying this is about the crucifixion. And if you interpret it in any other way, you're using it as a weapon for assault. That's a pretty heavy statement. And that's what most people have done with the crucifixion throughout history. They've used it as a weapon for assault. So it's like, oh my God, when when I saw that, I realized, you know, that this guy isn't fooling around. Yeah, it's when I saw it was Jesus at first, you know, as far as uh Jesus speaking through the Holy Spirit and giving the course and all that. When I saw that, I, I thought, okay, that's one thing. But when I saw what he was saying, what he was actually saying, is my God, this is a really heavy thing. So I guess that as you go along, you have to realize that we're being challenged. We're not being given candy here. You know, we are being challenged to step it up a notch, to rise up a notch, and to actually be like Jesus. So it's not necessarily a feel-good teaching. However, when we, my experience, when I hear the guidance of the Holy Spirit, when I feel, when I recognize divine guidance, and I choose to follow it, I feel a tremendous sense of relief that I'm not creating more distress by following the ego. I'm now aligning with my true identity. So I begin to feel a tremendous sense of relief, even though the, uh, sometimes you have to do that, follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit while the ego is screaming. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose everything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I used to really worry about having enough money to retire with and stuff like mm. that. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized I have a new retirement plan. I'm never going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my new retirement plan. And uh, because, as you said, you don't have to work. And by the way, 
I used to think that I, I didn't have any money. Uh, before I started doing the course, and, and this is apropos to a lot of people nowadays, because a lot of people are coming from a place of scarcity. You know, it's, it's like I talk to people yeah. all over the world, and everybody is coming from this place of scarcity. And, and I remember when I was growing up, my parents, God bless them, they, they were beautiful, wonderful people, really nice. And they would always say the same thing. They would say, I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. I, I can't do this. We can't do that. Yeah, and they never did. And neither did I, because it was like oh, I said the same thing as then. I don't have enough. I, I can't mm. do this. And then, after I got on a spiritual path, it started to change a little bit. But when I did the workbook of The Course in Miracles, that changed my life. Not just in you know a, a hairy fairy way. This is a very practical form of spirituality. It, it's like uh, all of a sudden, when I said uh, I don't have enough money, I changed. I changed that way of thinking. If I had three dollars in my pocket, I would say, "Wow, I have money. What? How much money can I have with this? What can I do with this? Maybe not too much." But I like candy bars. Yeah, you know, so it was like, wow, I I have money. And then it changed even more after I did the workbook and I, and I started doing things. It was like I have money, and I actually meant it. Now this is why affirmations do not work, because affirmations will not work if you don't believe it in your unconscious mind. Yeah. But with the Course, I actually did believe it. Uh, the Course says about scarcity. It says a sense of separation from God is the only scarcity you really need correct. If you could correct that one scarcity, if you could correct the scarcity from God, you would always feel abundant. You would always feel like you have all of it instead of part of it. So I started to feel that, and then instead of saying I don't have money, I would say I do have money. I have money, and I've been saying that for the last 20 years, and I've had nothing but money coming to me <laughs> for the last 20 years. Yeah, and yeah. It's like not because I'm trying, not because I have to, but right. just because I have money, and the, and I actually believe that. And I'm coming from a place of abundance. So I have all this money showing up in my face. And it, that's been going on for like 20 years now because I believe that I have money, that I'm that I'm totally coming from a place of abundance. Uh, at one point, of course, Miracle says, Christ needs nothing. He wants to join with others out of a mutual abundance awareness of abundance so so it's like now I don't have to get anything from you it's like you and I have been friends for several years now and it's like I don't have to get anything from you right it, it's like I don't need anything it's like <laughs> you and I, you and I can just join together because of the fact that I want to and when you're coming from that place now you're coming from a, a place of abundance 
Well, you know, I think you're, you, you make me think of a really important point, Gary, because many people are interested in hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, that divine intuition, in order to make their life easier or to get some secret like um, uh, how to, you know, bet on the World Series or something like that. And uh, I remember many, many, many years ago, I uh, was trying to decide whether or not to give a friend this money to invest in a kind of a scheme where I might make a lot of money. And uh, my, I had a sense of fear and trepidation about it, but I also had a sense of uh, I'm a risk taker. And then I got a fortune cookie that I don't even remember what it said now, but it said something like money is coming into your future. You'll be so abundant. So I thought, oh, this is a sign and for me to give him the money to invest. And, of course, uh, he immediately lost it, and uh, you know, it was just a, a kind of a scam thing. And what I learned from that is the voice of the Holy Spirit is not going to be in a fortune cookie. <laughs> It's it's not going to be outside. It's going to be inside. Yeah. It's going to be inside. People are looking for signs, and I do think signs appear, and but it's not so that we can meet some feeling of greed yeah. or to uh, relieve some fear that really it's about guiding us to the most loving choice, the most loving choice. Yes, and that's why our focus should be on undoing the ego, because as you undo the ego, the real you, which is spirit, is all that's left. And that's why the approach of The Course in Miracles is brilliant, because as you undo the ego, and you're more in spirit, then guess what happens after that? You're more inspired. You're more in touch with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, mostly for most people, the Holy Spirit is going to show up in the form of ideas. Ideas that come into your mind. Ideas that tell you what you should do, where you should go. You can be guided through your life. Mm -hmm. It's like I've been guided not always to the place that I expected <laughs> to be guided to, but that's because the Holy Spirit can see what's best for everybody. So you can be guided to something that will actually work. And uh, you know, you, you get two different levels going on here. The level of spirit is spirit, but then there's another level. If you if you read the Song and Prayer pamphlet. If you read, mm-hmm. which is now included in the course, so in the third edition, you know, the song of prayer is there. And if you read it, it's like, oh my God, it talks about the echoes of God's love. You know, it's like originally the song of prayer is the prayer, of course, that's the prayer, there's nothing else. But then it goes on to talk about the echoes. And the echoes come through to your mind. The echoes come through where you actually receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. 
And that is one of the most beautiful things that can ever happen for you in the world because now you're being led through your life. You can be guided through your life. And when that happens, you know what it leads to? It leads to good things, not bad things. Yeah. It leads to good things. It leads to things that may even include abundance beyond what you would have expected, beyond what you yeah. could have ever expected. You know, so uh, I, I feel that I've been guided, you know, like I was guided from Maine to California. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't make it all the way to Hawaii yet, but <laughs> you never know. How do I know that five years from now I'm not going to be living in Hawaii? How do right. I know that I'm I'm not going to have a place both in Hawaii and in California? I I don't know, and that's something that is kind of liberating because the truth is I don't know. I really don't know, and you know what? I don't have to know. I don't have to know everything because. What I know is what's right in front of my face, and what's right in my face is something that I may have to forgive. But if I do that, if I actually practice the Course and actually practice forgiveness, then maybe all kinds of beautiful things will happen after that. Well, and and uh, it's sometimes it can be really uh, challenging and to follow the guidance and in are you are you, you know saying what? that this is challenging <laughs> <laughs> are you, you know, saying that this may be hard <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes uh uh just i mean so many times i've been brought to my knees because i wanted to hold on to my opinion or my judgment my grudge hold my grudge and um that song of prayer and the teaching that's in disappearance of the universe I point people to it all the time uh, because what's there in disappearance is, is so clear, it's so sweet and beautiful, and it really lets us know that, that one of the greatest gifts that we can give to God, to our divinity, the divinity of all life, is to willingly let go of the things we think we need, the things we think we want, in favor of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and being guided. Yeah, <clears throat> that's so true. And I think part of that is that there's a choice here. Now, most spiritual systems will try to get you to balance body, mind, and spirit. It's like they're all the same. You know, you, you balance them, body, mind, and spirit. That's mm -hmm. not the approach of A Course in Miracles. The approach of A Course in Miracles is that you use the mind to choose between the body and spirit. So it's different. It's a different approach. And I know some people don't like to hear that because they want everything to be the same. Well, the Course is not the same. The Course is not the same as everything else. And we want to choose between the body, which is the great symbol of separation, <clears throat> according to the Course, and spirit, which is reality. So when people ask me, how do you do that? Well, I, I think that uh, 
let you do that is just to think outside of the box. You know, think beyond what the ego is presenting to you. The ego is presenting separation to you. Everything that you see from the moment that you're born to the moment that you die is based on separation. Everything. It all has a beginning and an ending. It all has something that starts, something that finishes, and uh, it seems to be very impressive, yes. But the thing about Jesus and Buddha was that they were not taken in by appearances. They caught on to the fact, eventually, that it's all a load of crap. You know, so it's like, okay, so now I'm going to kind of like think outside of the box. They thought outside of the box. I'm not saying that you're not going to see bodies. I'm not saying that you're not going to see something that appears to be limited. And, hey, if if you fall in love with a body, I'm not judging you. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I, I fell in love with Cindy, so I'm, I'm not judging somebody else if we're doing the same thing. I'm, I'm just saying that at some point, you're going to think beyond the box. You're going to think of that person as being what they really are and where they really are. And what they really are is the kind of spirit that is not just part of it, but all of it exactly the same as God. And if you can think of that person as being exactly the same as God, then the way the mind works, eventually you are going to experience yourself as being exactly the same as God. And if you do that, you will be doing something that most people in the history of the world have never done. Because most people have never practiced the kind of forgiveness that comes from a place of cause and not effect. As the Course Miracles puts it, this is the Course and cause and not effect. And it also says, as you see him, you will see yourself. If you can do that, you will be doing something that is amazing. You, you will be a pioneer you'll be doing something that that is absolutely fantastic. And I would salute you for that. If you can just do that, you are accepting what the Course calls your sole responsibility as a miracle worker. So I guess my challenge to anybody who is listening right now, my challenge is, can you do that? Can you actually do that? Are you willing? Well, you know, early in the course it says it takes a little willingness. But I think Jesus is kind of like a con man because uh, (laughs) he says later in the course, he says it takes abundant willingness. (laughs) All all of a sudden he switches. It's the old bait and switch. Yeah. You know, it takes a little willingness. Then all of a sudden, it takes abundant willingness. You know, so. Uh, but I, I trust Jesus. 
I don't mind them being a continent. Well, don't you feel that this this process uh, or this experience of undoing, it's a discovery of how many things we cherish more than God? How many false idols can you possibly have? It, it to me, it's been remarkable just to like oh there's another one oh there's another one things that we cherish and value more than we cherish and value hearing the voice of the holy spirit yeah <clears throat> go ahead do you have any difficult questions to ask me <laughs> <laughs> do you have do you have a, a a tool or a technique that you use gary when you are noticing you feel an attachment to the body or you feel that temptation to identify as a body and do you do you have something that you use to like get in there like a crowbar and uh, peel you back from the the ego temptation and to choose the Holy Spirit absolutely um, the first thing is when I go get up in the morning I know what's going to happen. I know that the ego is going to tempt me to believe that I am a body, that I am Gary Renard, that I am this person, that I have this individual persona and uh, individual identity. You know, and that's what the ego is going to tempt me to do. Now, what if I was my body? What if I wasn't Gary Renard? What if I had nothing to do with this? What if it wasn't anything that I had to cope with? If I can think that way, if I, if I can mm. start my day off thinking that way, then nobody can hurt me. And then I can start to remember to think with the Holy Spirit because you can't do both at the same time. You can't think with the ego and think with the Holy Spirit at the same time. So when something comes up and somebody's trying to, trying to destroy me on the Internet, which happens every day, then it, it's like, okay, uh, you know what? I'm not Gary Renard. I'm not a body. Mm-hmm. As the Course says over and over again, I'm not a body. Mm-hmm. I'm free, for I am still as God created me. So it's it's like, okay. Then the Course says about forgiveness, it denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. So what if it couldn't affect me? What if, and I'm just thinking out loud here, what if it was impossible for anything in the world to affect me? Now you're coming from a place of power. You're, you're coming from a place where the only way that somebody could hurt you or affect you would be if you gave them the power to do that. But what if you took that power back? It's like the Course says, there is no death, but there is the belief in death. What if you took that power back to yourself and denied the ability of anything not of God to affect you to the point where it really couldn't affect you. Then yeah. you, would, you would be like Jesus on the cross. It's like you're saying, I am not a body. I cannot be hurt. 
I cannot be killed, and I deny the ability of anything not of God to affect me. And, and then you're going all the way with this. Now, I'm not saying that people are going to do that right away, because this is a metamorphosis that we are going through, and that metamorphosis is facilitated by forgiveness. That forgiveness allows us to eventually become what we really are, and what we really are cannot be hurt, and it cannot be killed, and it cannot be affected. You know, so if anybody in the world gives you the power to kind of like feel bad or something, it's because you gave them that power. But you can take that power back. You you can take it back to yourself. And you can say, okay, I deny the denial of the truth. So what the ego did was deny the truth. What we're doing as course students is we're denying that denial. We're saying, okay, we, we denied the, the truth. Now we're taking it back. We're taking the whole thing back by thinking with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. So people constantly uh, cherish the idea that they're feeling upset because of something someone else did, or they're feeling upset because of their circumstances. I'm afraid because I lost my job. I'm afraid because I might not be able to pay my mortgage. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy because this person is going to go out with me. I'm happy because I just got a raise. I'm, people are constantly saying that it is the circumstances of their life the experiences in the body that are determining how they feel. So what you're saying is that's completely not true. Well, let me illustrate the difference between spirituality and phony spirituality. Phony spirituality <laughs> is about getting stuff. It's about making your life work. It's about making stuff happen. Manifesting. Yes. Um, I'm not putting down anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that there's no power there. There's no power in being a victim. But real spirituality will make you happy and peaceful regardless of what happens in the yeah. world. And that's real power. Real power is about being happy and peaceful regardless of what happens in your life. And if you can do that, you're in a position of power because now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. And if you can get to that point, you are in a very, very powerful position. Michael Beckwith, I've heard him say many times, Gary, uh, one with God is a majority. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Yeah, one with God is a majority. So uh, when you are aligned with the Holy Spirit, when we are aligned with our divinity, then the circumstances of our life can't upset us. They can't. Yeah, that is so true. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like I was just thinking about this as we were talking about it. You know, 150 years ago, it was considered 
very spiritual to be poor. You know, today, mm-hmm. today it's considered very spiritual to be rich. It, it's like a fad. Mm-hmm. It's it's like spirituality is a fad, but real spirituality, <clears throat> the way that Jesus was teaching it two thousand years ago, was a constant thing because it doesn't change. You know, so so real spirituality doesn't change. Uh, <clears throat> the things that some other people believe in. Well, is it spirituality or is it what you would call self-help? And I don't have anything against self-help. I mean, I was into it most of my life. Yeah. But it's it's like if you want the real secret and the real law of attraction, then you, you could go back and read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and you would get the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, wow, these people actually believe that these are new ideas and that they're being turned on to something spectacular when it's all a bunch of bullshit. You know? and, uh, and when people say, oh, Leonardo da Vinci used the secret or uh, Thomas Edison used the secret, there's something about those guys that they don't tell you that the secret doesn't tell you, or, or that uh, anybody doesn't tell you. The thing What's about that? those guys was they worked their asses off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody says that. You know, nobody points that out, that these guys work 20 hours a day. So, um, okay. But I'm going to just think... About, so they might uh, not be, they might not have been in tune with what was on Mad Men, or what was happening in the world of sports and things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. So uh, anyway, I'm not, I'm not deliberately trying to put anything down. I'm, I'm just saying that maybe you have to look a little bit deeper. You have to look a little, a little bit more about what's going on. You know. So in that, you you said every day, uh, part of your practice, so just in terms of a practical application, if somebody decides that they're very intent on hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and recognizing the difference between the ego thoughts and the thoughts we think with God, uh, your daily practices, when you were first starting out even, what, what were the critical choices and decisions that you made that helped you to even identify the voice of the Holy Spirit versus the voice of the ego or the the thoughts of the ego? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I got in touch with was just connecting. Connecting to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You put the Holy Spirit in charge. And that may not sound like a, a big deal, people but if you do that you're undoing the idea of separation if you don't do it and if you're relying on your own talent and your own ability then you're actually reinforcing the idea of separation so that's this very simple thing you could do that in uh, 30 seconds you could say Holy Spirit you be in charge and sometimes I don't even have the time to 
do that. So I'll say, hey, Holy Spirit, you and me? Okay. That's over. <laughs> it's over. And it's like, okay. Then I love to meditate because I used to meditate for ages. I used, I used to meditate for an hour and a half a day mm-hmm. in May. And now it takes five minutes. And what I do is I just join with God. I just become one with God. Now, when you become that way, if you take the time to become in spirit, well, where does the word inspired come from? In spirit. Yeah, so it's like, okay, now I'm with God. And I'm not as, as afraid of God as I used to be. And you'll notice that the last obstacle to peace in A Course in Miracles is the fear of God. Every time you do this, every time you join with God, you are undoing the fear of God. So it's it's like that's disappearing. The fear of God is disappearing and you're becoming one with God. And then there's forgiveness, which is the big one because we don't understand how the mind works. The mind knows everything, and it knows that there's just one of us, so that every single time that you forgive somebody else, you're actually forgiving yourself. It's like uh, that law of the mind that is in the Course. As you see him, you will see yourself. So every single time you forgive somebody else, yeah, it looks like you're forgiving somebody else. You know what? No. You're actually forgiving yourself. And you are the one who will experience it. You will experience forgiveness. You will experience the fact that you are innocent. And there's nothing better than getting in touch with the fact that you are innocent. So you're actually creating the way that you're about to feel about yourself. You know, people wonder why they're depressed. Imagine if they could change their thoughts. Imagine if they could change the power of their yeah. mind and grab a hold of it and actually shift everything. They would be really, really surprised. You know, many you brought up an important point, Gary, because many people do believe uh well they have a fear of God and they think they have a fear of God because uh they prayed for something that they didn't get and instead they got something horrible. Or they have a fear of God because they felt like they were innocent but then maybe as a child they were raped or attacked or beaten or their business was burned to the ground or their business partner stole their money or their spouse ran away with their best friend and so they have a fear of God or uh, even an anger at God and so they're absolutely in a certain way terrified of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit they don't trust Uh, what would you say to that person? Well the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice for God and it has taken form. In fact, what the Course says about that specifically, it says, His is the voice for God, it is therefore taking form. This form is not His reality. What the Holy Spirit is, is your memory of God that is taking form 
that will speak to you in a way that you can accept and understand. All those things that you are associating with God have nothing to do with God. That's why the Course says, I am never upset for the reason I think. The reason that you think that you're upset can be traced all the way back to the original idea of separation from God. It, it, it was that time when we thought that we separated ourselves from God and we had this tremendous unconscious guilt that can be traced all the way back to the beginning. So it's like uh, Jesus says in the Course, help me not to lead you back to where the journey was begun to make another choice with me. He said the same thing in the Gospel of Thomas. You know, we, we went up to his disciples and we said, when will the end come? And he said, have you found the beginning? Mm. Because what the beginning is, that's where the end shall be. It's like yeah. what we're really upset about has nothing to do with God. It has to do with our separation from God. And if we could undo the idea of separation, there would be no fear of God. And those things that we think that we're upset about, you know, we think, you know, our, our children are going to die. I'm going to die. Somebody's going to die. All those things that we think that we're upset about, that's not what we're really upset about. What we're really upset about is something else. And it can be traced all the way back to that original idea of separation from God. And the only way that anybody is going to understand that is to undo the ego. That's why the approach of the Course in Miracles is so brilliant, because if you undo the ego, then the real you is all that's left. And in the real you, you have no questions. There are no questions. There are no dilemmas. Uh, it, in the point of, of revelation, uh, the Course in Miracles describes it as the complete but temporary suspension of doubt and fear. Why? Because in that experience of being with God, there are no questions. And then when you come back here, even if in that experience the body appears to uh, kind of like go away for one mm -hmm. or two seconds, mm -hmm. all that's left is the answer. There yeah. are no questions in that answer. And then when you come back here, you realize that you were dreaming the questions. <laughs> it's like the questions do not exist in that answer. Yeah. So I I think that ultimately A Course in Miracles is far more experiential than people realize. I think that people think that it's very intellectual because well it does mm -hmm. have it does have a half a million words <laughs> and <laughs> you know it does appear to be very intellectual, but at the end of the day all those words and all that stuff is meant to lead you to a place that is beyond all words. Well, that is the perfect place for us to conclude. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this hour has gone by so quickly, Gary. And I'm so grateful for your friendship, but for your your willingness to do your work and your undoing and your healing 
and your willingness to value the voice of the Holy Spirit because uh, I know for me reading Disappearance of the Universe was absolutely seminal in my life and uh, I really I treasure uh, your appearance in in the world at this time and and the treasure that you bring in terms of your uh, your decision to know the truth and to share the benefits of your healing and your awakening with the rest of us. So you're you're really um, someone I treasure, and your insight and clarity is deeply healing to me. So thank you. Well, thank you. You know, Cindy and I both. Uh appreciate your friendship and we, we love you very much we really do so thank you for having me and maybe sometime in the future if you want to have me again that would be great absolutely for sure and uh, I'll remind everybody uh, GaryRenard.com is where you can find out his schedule and where he is going to be uh, this year and, and coming up just uh this weekend you're going to be in where is it you're going to Sweden you're where, where <laughs> like you I know uh, I think I'm going to Denmark and Norway Denmark and Norway well we've got people in uh, the Living a Course of Miracles class who are there so how wonderful and uh, give I them just, all I just got back me. from Ireland I, I I can't believe the people who I get to meet it's it's like amazing to me. They're just absolutely extraordinary. I feel so gifted to be able to meet with these great people. Well, that's it. When when you do this, when you do the work of uh, the day-to-day spiritual practice of waking up, and as I say, smelling the spiritual coffee and living the love, walking the talk, then everyone you meet is your brother and your sister, and it's a holy encounter as you know and I'll also just say thank you Gary I know uh, you're super jet lagged and I, I'm so grateful for your taking the time to, to be with all of us and I am going to say a prayer and close us out and also I'll remind everyone that we have the homework class in just 12 hours from now 12 hours uh, the homework class, and I'll be giving some practical application of what Gary has shared with us and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. So, so Jennifer, just let me tell you one thing. Okay. I love you. Oh, I love you too, Gary. Oh, okay. So much. So let's all put our hands on our hearts and love ourselves, loving God, loving ourselves. It's all the same all one and we're grateful and we are thankful to open our hearts and minds to the very highest possibility in our life we're opening our hearts and minds to hearing the voice of the holy spirit and knowing our true identity and sharing the benefits of that with everyone because we're one with them in grace and gratitude we joyfully let it be and so it is Amen. 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 Thank you again, Gary. God bless everyone.
This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.